All right. Welcome to the Nil Nil Podcast. This is episode 22. I had a... After one month. Yeah, I had to sign in again uh, just to remember where we left off. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> been a month. The last episode went up on May 18th. So that's currently June 21st to date this episode. But uh, yeah, it's been a whole month. Uh, mo- mostly my fault, not yours. <laughs> Because of of uh, the week after the last episode went up, I went on vacation, and then at the end of that vacation, I got the Rona, <laughs> and got uh, attacked by the Rona. Mm-hmm. So that's three weeks, but and then, good. and then you know, I, I need another week just to adjust myself back into the normal world. And now we're back. <laughs> Not that we missed anything. Two of those weeks was uh, international friendly, so like. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. It almost felt like um, the league went, you know, on a small break because of it. And then yeah. we kind of went on a small break because of it. Yeah. Even though we're not supposed to go that strict with following um, the MLS schedule. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if anything, I probably chose the perfect time to not host the podcast because, um, I mean, there wasn't a lot of soccer going on anyway. So No, and the at least the national teams that you and I follow the u.s and mexico mm-hmm. they weren't performing the best uh, should we just talk about that real quick we, we don't have to go into every game but we can just go into a brief overview so yeah. um what was it who did the u.s play i do remember watching the, all of them the last one that the u.s played was el salvador i think uh no it wasn't Let's see. Oh, no, never mind, never mind. mind. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's because it was backwards on Google. So. Because that's uh, the one that I was watching. The first game that USA had was against Morocco that they won 3 0. I thought they played pretty good in that one. The game after that was USA against Uruguay, where they're playing pretty good, but I mean, Uruguay looks like a decent team now, especially now that they switched coaches. Um, And then, of course, the Nations League games of USA versus Granada. And El Salvador and USA um, playing in that muddy field, right? Yeah, that was terrible. I was just not feeling uh, that game because of it. <laughs> I just kept looking at how muddy it was. Okay, but I'm pretty sure every country besides uh, USA and Canada in Concagaf is used to playing in those conditions. I mean, I figured that everybody's at least played in that kind of condition once. Yeah, but... uh. Let's talk about how USA did overall. Uh, I think USA did pretty decent um, against Morocco. Like I said, they're really good. Um, I, one thing that I did notice is that we had striker problems up until the third game of that national or the international break, um, mm-hmm. because that's when Jesus Ferreira scored four goals in that five-nil win against Granada. Yeah, um, and in that game against El Salvador, that was kind of what the U.S. ended up resorting to in the second half, putting in uh, Ferreira and uh, Ariola mm-hmm. in the second half to get a result since they were behind most yeah. of that game. It seems like we don't have a lot of firepower. I think we're solid from midfield back uh, mm-hmm. for the U.S., but... Um, uh, I definitely think if you're going to have Jesus Ferreira starting as, you know, your number nine, uh, I think at this point you just need to put Areola in there with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely do. Unfortunately, in that game against El Salvador, he did end up getting a red card shortly after he came in. Yeah. 
Um, something that I don't believe should have been a red card. I think it should have been more of a yellow. Um, I just, I don't know. Even after so many repetitions, I think it's it's still hard argue to make it a red. But I don't understand why they don't have VAR. And that's the decision that the ref made. And it's one of the more higher regarded uh, refs. Uh, the, it was the Mexican ref. ref. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I would say USA could probably classify that as a success, successful international break, um, considering the, like, out of the four matches they had, they tied two and won the other two. So it's not bad. Not, not a single loss. I, I think out of all of the games, I think I was most impressed with the Uruguay game. Yeah. Um, even though it did end up as a draw, and even though Uruguay also didn't have their official mm-hmm. star lineup, um, but I felt like they played well enough to keep that a draw. And I think the U.S. also wasn't playing with their like starting lineup either. No, and um, the thing that's impressive about that game is that they put Uruguay basically put their starting lineup in the second half of that game against. I would say a tired USA team, pretty much, and we still didn't concede. So I think that's a, a positive to take away from that. Yeah, it's much better in comparison to how Mexico did, where they just allowed three goals in, and no response. Yeah, um, but overall, I think that's pretty much all we got to say about the US. I think they just need to sort out their striker issue on who's going to be their number nine because it feels like they keep trying different people there. And it doesn't right. work too well, but I mean, they got half a year to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that for the um, El Salvador game, uh, Zimmerman was injured, so um, Carter Vickers had to step in in his position. And honestly, like just as the same as Ariola, I've been aware of. You've been his... a fan of him from the U twenties. Yeah, so. yeah, since the U twenties, and in the U twenties, I think he was like the youngest player in that squad mm-hmm. uh way back when uh he stepped up and in the position for zimmerman and he did such a great go- such a great job because this guy i mean you've seen him he's built like a yeah. tank and there was one uh play where in the salvador match there was uh, a player from el salvador trying to take the ball away and he was just holding him off with one hand <laughs> <laughs> it was impressive sounds about right yeah, but um, other than that, I was also impressed by uh, Musa. Uh, he is a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's why I mean we officially captied him. Who play? He plays mm-hmm. for Valencia, right? So one of their better players on the field. Um, let's talk about Mexico and how they're doing. So uh, the first game Mexico had during that international break was against Nigeria. Um, didn't even watch that game because I had no idea it was on. <laughs> Yeah, um, I honestly was more looking at what uh, the U.S. was doing. I mean, I did watch, I think, some of the games, but they were so bland and boring and just un- just forgettable. Yeah. So um, Mexico ended up winning 2-1 against Nigeria. Then the next game was Mexico versus Uruguay, and that was probably their worst game of that break. They were playing terrible. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it's Mexico playing terrible or if it's just Uruguay playing good because they had their starting lineup and everything, and Cavani was just tearing them a new one pretty much. 
No, no, it's Mexico. Uh, because after that, it was Mexico, uh, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mexico, Ecuador. Oh, Mexico, Ecuador, then Jamaica. The and Jamaica then, no, no, the no. No, and then Suriname, right. Jamaica was the last game. That's yes. the last game I remember. Yes. And um, honestly, it, it is them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there is no passion in that team from any player. Um, and one thing I noticed was that the players don't move. They do not react. They don't have any like idea of moving around to create spaces to help each other out. Everybody's very individual, just looking at whoever has the ball and seeing what whatever he does with it. Mm-hmm. And not going to where the ball will be, like for centers and crosses, but they expect the ball to come to them. So they'll yeah. be in the area and wait for the ball to come to them, which is extremely predictable. But instead, they should be moving to where the ball will be so that they can actually get some chances on, on you know, but they're really just not trying. Yeah, and... Um... Another thing is, uh, I think that Catito's lost his magic in terms of, like, Mexico used to have a couple of players who mm-hmm. their skill was getting past people one-on-one. The Catito probably being the most um, standout player in terms of that. He That's right. what makes him so exciting to watch is that he would try tricks, try to get past people, but it seems like he doesn't mm-hmm. do that anymore. It seems like he'll just run at somebody, try to beat them on pace, but if that doesn't work, he'll just pass the ball back. He doesn't try any of his old tricks anymore, um, mm-hmm. any, nothing flashy. Um, it's kind of sad to see the only one that seems to have that at this point is uh, was it Diego Linus. It seems like he's yeah. the only one. Yeah, out of everybody, out of the whole lineup, out of the whole 22, 24, I don't know how many, like, squad, mm-hmm. uh, he's really the only one who still pours in the amount of effort that you would normally see in previous squads. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, everybody else is just so absolutely lazy mm-hmm. and it's frustrating to watch because you can clearly see the chances happening and nobody's just making an effort to move forward to run with the ball to you know try to pull some players in order to create space for another player no everybody's just sitting back waiting for the ball to come to them they're more reactive than active yeah, and it's just, it's not that, but it also doesn't seem like they play as a team. There's doing a lot Definitely of that, not. especially from what I remember them growing up. The worst thing about watching Mexico is when they're playing bad is that they do that thing where they just pass the ball around the box and they don't, you know, there's nothing, no creativity, no sense of urgency, no sense of, you know, trying to bring the ball forward. They're just passing around, hoping for somebody else to make that play to get them the goal. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants yeah. to take that kind of responsibility. Like, there's few players that do that. So that's kind of the most frustrating like, thing to see. Um, like, just, just take the shot. You're going to get roasted anyway. You know, just you might as well get roasted for trying than yeah. roasted for not doing anything. Yeah. And um, I mean, it, it leaves me feeling probably you too kind of worried about them considering they only got six months to fix this and pro- basically this problem has been going on for two years at this point almost this has been going on for way further than two years yeah because you'd think that after so many years of 
football. And we've seen plenty of talented players come up that they would have developed some sort of like new style, like the confidence of knowing, oh, yeah, we're good enough. You know, like, yeah, everybody knows if you want to play well, you go to the European leagues. Okay, there were plenty of Mexican players who were playing in the European leagues. You'd think that they'd have the confidence within themselves to actually think that they can beat another national team. But no, it's kind of like the opposite. Like they have absolutely no confidence in themselves. And again, they have no passion. They have no, I don't know. They they just don't want to do it, you know? And all these other national teams, you've seen them change over the years because it's not the only team that's had problems. I mean, the U S also had problems and they've changed from what they were under Klinsman. Yep. Um, you know, and that and that, how many coaches ago was that? I think the prime example you're looking for is the Germany team when they yeah. did awful and they basically revamped their whole youth setup to get I mean, look at them now, they basically have three players in every position that they could choose if they wanted to. Uh because their youth three, setup was overall Yeah, but uh I think even they took their B team, right, to the um, was it no no it wasn't the Nations League, it was the um, was it the tournament, the tournament that happens before the World Cup that used to happen, I uh, forgot. It. I forgot what it was called. Uh, it was like basically the warm up. The Euros? No, no, no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm drawing a blank on which one you're talking about. I feel like they have ten different Confederations teams. Cup. That's what it is. Oh, the Confederations Cup. Yeah, okay. but it was just abolished in 2019, so that's not going to happen anymore. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what used to happen, where they held like a mini World Cup in the yeah. the country that the World Cup was going to happen. But I remember yeah, they took their B team there, and they still did decent, or if not winning it. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. like Germany is a very special case. They were under one coach for the longest time and had pretty good success under him. Yeah. Uh, and then they reached the point that you're talking about and had to do a complete overhaul. No, no, this and happened way before then. What I was talking no, about. No, you're talking about like way, way, like way before? when Germany started being good, pretty much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, at that point, yes. But here, like the difference is that here in, in Mexico, we have so many different coaches. Like there is not a coach that lasts longer than, whatever tournament that they get hired for well longer than a world cup cycle probably yeah exactly there's there's no coach that really lasts longer than that and sometimes there's been a coach that gets hired for the world cup and then gets sacked halfway through you know and i agree i think it's a little bit of both i I think yeah some coaches they their philosophy just doesn't work but at the same time the players are just not putting in the effort that needs to be put in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, we're worried for Mexico. Um, but looking forward to the World Cup, but it's kind of annoying that it's not happening right now. <laughs> I know. I'm so thrown off by it. But yeah. I um, it builds up the anticipation now. Let's talk about... Um, LAFC's game they played over the weekend against uh, Seattle. That's mm. pretty much the only MLS game I watched. I didn't watch the rest of them. Um, 
What what do you think about the game? Um, I thought that they missed a lot of chances. Yep, I would agree. Specifically yeah. talking about the Hollings head Chicho one on the goal line. Yes, that's exactly the one that I was. Uh, if, if there's anything to come away from that game, Stephen Fry. <laughs> Somebody, no, I think they just need to practice their shooting. <laughs> I think they had okay, plenty of chances to score, but they kept shooting it straight out of him. Yeah, it's they not like, do have he didn't, their he didn't move into position. He was already there. We just shot it straight at him. Yeah. But I think you can almost say that part of what impacted the most in this game were the goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, one, Fry for blocking everything that LA was throwing at Seattle. And to Crippo just giving the ball away so that Seattle again, can score. Again, it's not the first time we've seen it from Max. Yeah, it's it's not the first time. And when I saw that, because I didn't see it happen in real time, I ended up seeing the replay of that. Yeah. Um, I was so confused. I was trying to figure out what he was thinking by passing it down the center that I did not see a player of ours in the area that he passed it. Yep. Uh, he's trying so, to pass it to Ilya, but that always seems to end up in a. That always seems to end up in a. In the opposition, in a turnover. Yeah, I think it happened against Cincinnati. I think that was the last time. I think you're right. It does ring a bell. Um, but I, I, I'm completely confused by that because he's a great goalkeeper, but these are really silly little mistakes that he's making. Uh, and super dangerous that was we can see since we ended up conceding from that error. I think that he kind of needs to like slow down, maybe. You know, because I don't know if he was trying to play out fast. Do you think it's time to switch goalies, or you think it's just like he's got that's something he's got to work on, and that's it? Yeah, that's just something he has to work on because if we're talking about. Shot stopping, he's honestly the best option we have out of the goalkeepers that we mm-hmm. have. Um, I think he just needs to work on that. Yeah, I think so. What, um, what did you think about the game? Anything that stood out to you? I would say the result's probably fair. I think Seattle probably had a little bit more chances, but they were just as guilty of, as us of not putting away their chances. Um LAFC definitely should have scored at least two in this match because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. the Chicho one. That should have been a goal, yeah. especially if you're somebody like Chicho who has way more mm-hmm. skill to put it in the actual corner. It should have and been Chicho a goal. Had, it wasn't just that one. He had multiple yes. opportunities yes. to score. Uh, and as well, Opoku. I think he missed a couple of clear ones as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think... I like that we called up Danny Trejo from the Las Vegas Lights, though, on the short yeah, term. Yeah, he he made a direct impact as soon as he came in. Oh, he got the assist. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing is that he actually played for Las Vegas Lights the next day. No way. Yep, and he scored the game-winning goal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like oh. uh, I think he might start pushing for Musowski's spot if we start if we're actually considering and bringing him in like permanently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love Moose, but. Sometimes it's really frustrating to see him just kind of waste some opportunities. Yeah, that or a Poku. 
Yeah. They both have been wasting too many chances. We need somebody clinical. Uh, I'd say one over the other, but they're both kind of like around the same uh, effectiveness as, as as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but another thing that, that for me is that realistically, I feel like uh, we could have come away with a win on this game uh, because Seattle seemed pretty sluggish and they were making a lot of turnover errors as well. Yep. Um, defensively, defensively, they're not that great. Uh, they're pretty decent attacking, right. but I think they're missing a lot of their players to injury. Um, the, a lot of the ones that yeah. would have probably destroyed us. So I think we're just lucky in that regard. But um, we definitely mm-hmm. got to work on our finishing. That's always. I mean, that was a problem before the international break, anyway, as well. But yeah. um, it's it's kind of frustrating to see because we know we're good enough to get to the goal. But if we're not putting these chances away, I mean, we're gonna start losing points like we have recently um so we gotta yeah, we're dropping points uh, right now and i mean i know we by a miracle of yeah team. by a miracle we're still we're still first place but I mean, that's not gonna last forever right yeah but this is like a weird weird slump that la has hit so far mm-hmm. you know uh, we've got this draw we got um what did we get? We got a loss to Austin. We got a loss to Colorado. We got a loss uh, to Galaxy in the Open Cup. Uh, we got a draw against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a weird slump. Like they started out so well, like a different team. And at this point, right now, I think the only thing I could say is that they're looking a lot similar to what they were before. Yeah. Strangely in first place, but similar to the performances we were seeing uh, towards the end of last season. Yep. Um, I just looked. It's, I totally forgot the Open Cup was a thing uh, yeah. ever since LAC left, but um, they played today, actually. Um, oh, the Galaxy played against Sacramento and they lost. <laughs> no way. Yeah, 2 to 1. Uh, we would have won that game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I don't oh well. know. Not, oh well. Based on how we've been performing lately, I doubt it. Oh, well, it's too late now, right? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. What should we talk about next? I, I don't know. It's our first uh, time well, back in. Galaxy right? ended up uh, drawing against Portland. I didn't really watch it. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Red Bulls ended up beating Toronto to O. Orlando beat Houston. Vancouver beat Dallas. How about that? That's crazy. I think they beat the. I think they beat Dallas in the other game, the original, the first game they played too. Did they? I think so. I'd be surprised if that if they beat them twice because uh, Dallas had been doing pretty well recently. Let's see, Miami ended up losing, so that means Atlanta won, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York and Colorado drew. And we had Sporting Kansas beating, beating uh, Nashville. Yeah, but Nashville hasn't been as strong as they usually have been. Yeah. Um, and if Zimmerman was injured for the U.S., I'm assuming he's also still under that injury for Nashville. 
probably. Uh, we uh, could. Yeah, he was not <laughs> in the lineup. Uh, I got a thing. Um, do you have any news on uh, transfers? I was literally going to say that we could talk about transfers. Yeah, um, I mean, it is transfer season. Let me... I forgot where's the page I check. Yeah. The only one that I have in mind right now is uh, Liverpool signing uh, Darwin Nunez and Mane already signing autographs for Bayern. No, you gotta you gotta follow the here we go guy. If if you got any soccer fans out there, they know exactly who I'm talking about. It's uh, Fabrizio no Fabrizio Romano, which is oh that dude has no yeah, career until transfer season comes around, and then he just he's awake twenty four seven. Yeah, for like two months. Especially months. on especially on the when the window closes, I think he doesn't sleep the whole day. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because a lot of last minute deals are happening. Yeah, so um, um, today officially Lukaku was announced returning to Inter. <laughs> or I don't know if it was announced, but it's basically confirmed that he's going back to Inter. Um, it's a loan deal. They. Paying eight million euros, um, mm-hmm. and he, the loan deals, you know, for a year. There's no buy option apparently. <laughs> oh, so he's just on loan. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, he wanted you know, to go back. Lukaku reminds me a lot of Pogba in that sense. Well, where... they were friends, but then they hated each other at the end. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, they can hate, hate each other. As much as they want, they remind me a lot of themselves of each other, with how their deals go through. Like Pogba, Juventus, match made in heaven. Pogba comes back to England, terrible. Yeah. Lukaku, Italy, does wonders. Lukaku back in England, not that great. Well, but I mean, a lot of people say he's probably the worst Chelsea signing recently. <laughs> Um, they can't really catch a break. I mean, they can't catch a break with the strikers. I mean, Timo Werner was signed and he did terrible. Yeah. Uh, was it Fernando Torres wasn't so great? I mean, you could keep going with that list, but they haven't had a lot of luck. Um, I think for me, one of the funniest ones was Werner because he spent so long without mm-hmm. scoring. Yeah. Um, but that's whatever. We'll see. Like if if he actually is a good player, then he'll start scoring goals again. But maybe if he's lost his touch, then I mean, basically he's done at this point. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with that first touch, I mean, there's some yeah. problems. <laughs> and speaking of Chelsea, who are they bringing in? <laughs> um, what Raheem Sterling? Is that the one you're talking about? And that is exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Seems so it's random. Just, it, it does seem random. And also, I want to say it seems wrong. It just seems weird. Well, I mean, they have Holland. What are, what are they going to need? I mean, they have Mares to replace Sterling, Sterling. So that's not that bad, is it? Yeah. And plus, they have. I mean, Grealish. They got Foden up there. I mean, there's this. If uh, anything, like the the most uh, for Man City. I mean, the the most. Uh, I guess impacting transfer for them is going to be uh, Silva leaving, right? Not Holland coming in. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're not playing the same position. Yeah, I know, I know, but <laughs> um, they keep joking around about Bernardo Silva. Oh, do they? Well, it's the uh, Barcelona 100% wants him. 
Right. Pep was just like, ah, I think he's staying though. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they're they're having a talk with each other, and um, I don't know if they're playing a friendly or something. But mm-hmm. the Man City players are going to Barcelona for a bit to I don't know what they're doing. Over. Check but, out their facilities, see yeah. if anybody wants to sign up. Now the Barcelona president was like, is Bernardo Silva coming? And Pep was like, yeah, and 22 other players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's uh, a shopping list right there. And, yeah. But, I mean, they can't sign Bernardo Silva until they sell Frankie de Jong, who said he doesn't want to play for anybody besides Barcelona. But it seems like Barcelona keeps going to Man United saying, buy him, please, quick. <laughs> he doesn't want to play for anybody but Barcelona, but yeah. Barcelona doesn't want him to play for them anymore. Yeah. And it's not like he's a bad player. They just, I think they prefer having Bernardo Silva, which I, I don't know. I think yeah. it sounds, it's like a mistake for them because Frankie de Jong is pretty solid in the midfield. But, I mean, if Man United actually gets a signing, it's a win-win. <laughs> I mean, I think your team is going to turn into a Dutch team. All it sounds like is that everybody's rumored with Man United, but we're just watching, not touching anything. <laughs> Just oh, so shopping. pretty much the same as usual. Yeah. Um, there's not much going on there. Um, let's see. Newcastle are about to sign Nick Pope from Burnley, who got relegated. But their goalie was decent, so that's why that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Sadio Mane, excited to be in Bayern. How, how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like bittersweet. Uh, like, I'm sad to see him go because he's mm-hmm. been such a big part of the team for the last six years um but at the same time i feel like i think it makes sense that out of the th- the three that would leave it would be him mm-hmm. um i know he says he's searching for you know a better challenge and all that but is Bayern really a bigger challenge i wouldn't think so but here's a quote from sadio mane himself when my agents told me about Bayern's interest, I was immediately excited. I saw myself there right away. For me, it was the right club at the right time. I only wanted Bayern. I mean, if that's how he feels, that's he's free to choose. Yep. Uh, it just sounds like he was already out of Liverpool mentally, right? Yeah. I feel like maybe that friction that started in 2018 between him and Salah might have like started the the whole idea of him moving to another club. Mm-hmm. you know and seeing how i i want to say the more of the focus on the team when it comes to a star player or a focus player uh is usually on salah it's not really money yeah money has always done great and has you know also kept up with the goals with salah mm-hmm. um sometimes not all the time but if if you think of liverpool most people will say salah you know they're they're not really gonna say Mane, even though you know he's done almost equal amount of work for the team. Yeah. But you know, I, I think it's I think he's right though. I think this is the right time for him to to change directions. And fortunately for Liverpool, there was also another option uh, on the horizon to take up the spot and plus it's not like we don't have other players that even if we didn't get the signing that couldn't have taken up the position i mean luis diaz has been so amazing since his start he plays like he's been there since the whole project started and um we also have diego jota who's also been playing out of his mind at times so there's plenty of players on the team who can definitely pull their weight 
enough to cover up the hole that Mane would leave behind. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, how have we talked about Jojo Chiellini going to LAFC? <laughs> oh, my God. We were talking about LAFC, and we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. I know. How do I miss that? <laughs> you know, it still feels a little kind of fake to me. You know, it's one of those where you tell me a random player who has a good reputation, and then you just say, he's going to LAFC. I'm like, nah, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's actually real. That one seemed like it came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. That's the least signing that I would expect for us to make. Yeah, but I'm not mad at it, especially with Mamadou Fall. Uh, I think yeah, as a mentor, it'd be it'd be a solid signing. Especially, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have experience in the back, considering how sloppy we are. Yeah, and I think if you compare the leagues, I think it'd be a bit more of a piece of cake for him to be um, playing out here. I mean, sure, he's going to play to his level, uh, but I think it'd be one of those moments of you're overqualified for the job, so you got to kind of like tone it down a bit, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, But I think as a mentor, he's a perfect fit as a signing to bring him in. Uh, like you said, for fall, being so young, he's going to learn so much from one of the best defenders in the world for the past, I don't even know how long. Um, but at the same time, it brings me so much relief to know that we're going to have a good, solid partner for him at center back. So, because uh, it, honestly, Ibiaga and Henry have not really been ideal when yeah. it comes to playing either alongside or in place of fall yeah so they don't look i mean they look way slower and they don't look as committed in terms of making decisions um it doesn't seem very stable when they're on the field also if you had to choose between kelini and murillo who do you choose um depends if kelini could still run i'd go (laughs) kelly but if if not i mean we'll see We'll see. He, I'm I sure mean, he'll play his first game sooner than rather than later. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I, I kind of figure that uh, the running effect probably won't even take that much into effect because if everybody's moving up, you kind of just leave him him behind. You know, less yeah. running. Yeah. Um. Who else? Who else? I mean, there's not really a lot. There's a lot of rumors flying around. I mean, Amino leaving mm-hmm. to AS Monaco apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, for him, I feel like he does need to look for another club. There's just too much. It's the same thing with Origi uh, at Liverpool, where they're not really using it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not that they're not good players. It's just that the goodness that you need for the team doesn't come as often as you want it to. Yeah. Like, there's the consistency isn't there as it is with the other players who are constantly starting. Uh, Minamino has great plays at times, scores really wonderful goals at times, but then there's a lot of times where just absolutely nothing's happening while he's on the field. Mm -hmm. I'd say another signing that uh, another player that I could see departing the club, not that he will, but who I would be okay with would be Keita, Nabi Keita. You could say that. You could say Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's still there. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was still on the team. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he he's definitely another player that could uh, depart. Uh, he, when he came in from Arsenal, he was playing amazing. 
Um, and then he ended up getting that injury and he just ended up losing that really great form that he had, unfortunately. Uh, and in order to replace that, other players were brought in and he just never ended up, ended up overtaking them enough to claim his spot as a starter again. Yeah. Uh, Mario Gotze is back in the Bundesliga. I did see that. Frankfurt, right? Yep. After being at PSV. PSV. Oh, yeah. I I honestly don't remember him playing at PSV. I mean, I knew he was there. I think he was there for two years. I, yeah, I knew he was there. I just don't recall any time that I did watch a PSV game. I don't recall him being on the field. It's not bad, though, because this is a decent signing by Frankfurt. He only costs four mil. Oh, that's really cheap. Yeah. Um, Witzel has left Bo- Dortmund. Dortmund and uh, rumors going to uh, Atleti. Oh, interesting. It's a one-year deal, though. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad signing for them. And for Dortmund, I feel like it's not that bad for him to have left either. Yeah, Columbus Crew signed Watford striker after the relegation. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Guy named Cucho Hernandez. Oh, okay. Eleven million dollars is how much it cost. Wow. So, is it weird that I feel like that's a lot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you compare him to Goatse four. Yes, it does seem like a lot. Carlos okay. Tevez is uh, a new manager. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he's going to another club. I, was no, like, no, I thought no. he was done. No, no, he's retired. <laughs> um. Who else? There's LAFC was rumored to somebody else. Well, first of all, we were trying to get the guy named Cabecito Rodriguez, but America, he, he ended up choosing America. Oh, yeah, that's the guy you were telling me that it was like whichever team wants him. Or whichever team he wants. And I mean, yeah, whichever team he that wants. That would be the sorry. second time that um, he's rejected I'm, LAFC. So I think, I mean, I don't think you want to go for a third at this point. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the first time. Uh, you know, you yeah. get rejected once. Understandable. You try it for the second one just to see, you know, if he maybe changed his mind. But if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. And I feel like we can definitely spend that time looking at other players who might actually say yes. Yeah. Um, who's LAFC rumored with? Rossi? Uh, Are we getting Rossi back again? Yarmolenko. That's who LAFC was rumored with. Okay, Yarmolenko. Name sounds familiar. So I played for West Ham last. Ukrainian. That's exactly who I had in in my mind. Yep. Uh, sounds like it should be not bad. It's not. Uh, Man United rumored with Christian Eriksen. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's up to him to make a decision because he's a free agent. So. Oh, um, so he's he was a Brentford, right? Yep. So his deal with Brantford's up. Oh, it was only one, or it was like till the end of the season kind of deal. Mm, okay. But they're trying to re-sign him, and yeah. then Man United's like, "Yeah, hey, we'll sign you." So now he has the pick, pretty much. Oh. I mean, I'd say go to Manchester United, bigger, bigger name, but yeah. Brantford didn't do that bad. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I think that's pretty much all that has to be said uh, in terms of transfers. Everything else is pretty much rumors. There's nothing yeah. huge. Okay. Well, as a 
summer goes on, the transfers will keep coming. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing we have nothing else to cover as well, right? I mean, we'll we'll talk about the previews in the next podcast on um, Thursday when we record them. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see the developments throughout the week. If there's any hopeful transfers that happen by the next recording, and then we'll just preview the games. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Let's uh, let's try to be consistent again. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, well that's the end of that episode. Uh, please make sure you know tune in for the next one. We'll try to be more consistent, as we just said. Um, and happy to be back, right? <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're back. And uh, if those two Portland listens are still there, shout out to them. Yeah. All right. See you guys in the next episode. See ya. All right. Later. Yeah. <laughs>